0: This episode is brought to you by Cox Home Life. Cox helps make your home smarter. And now you can pull up your Home Life cameras on your TV with your Contour voice remote and some simple voice commands. To learn more, visit cox.com slash home This episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Introducing DirecTV Stream, the best of live TV and on demand, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. So whether you want to catch the game live or watch the latest blockbuster, they've got you covered. And there's no annual contract. DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet and compatible device. Content varies by package and location. Restrictions apply.
1: Simply Said is the place we come together to talk about the simple ways we can live well, do good, and be happy. And we might just change the world while we're at it. Are you ready? Let's do it. And welcome to Simply Said, I'm Polly Campbell and this is the podcast where we talk about practical ways and by practical I mean things that even I can do to live well, do good and feel happy. Do you find yourself always looking for a fix, feeling like something is wrong with you and if you could just get the right information, the right experts, therapists, coaches, books to tell you what to do, life would be great again only that you discover after years and years of seeking and searching that you've had all you needed all along within you. That's the tale Stephanie Krikorian tells in her memoir, Zenbender from Mango Publishing. And she's our guest today on the S2 interview. Stephanie, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Stephanie is a New York Times bestselling ghostwriter who has collaborated on more than 20 nonfiction books for all kinds of people. Her own essays on reporting have appeared in publications like The Oprah Magazine, The Wall Street Journal, The New York Post. And Stephanie spent more than 15 years in digital news and on television, working, producing shows for Business Week and other programs. And it, Stephanie, from what I gathered from your book, it was after years in a very successful, fulfilling career in television and digital media that kind of launched you later into a self-help fix, which led to this book, Zenbender, which is just a fun read. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was also insightful and thoughtful without hitting me over the head with information. So I appreciated it. Um, And I look forward to talking with you about it today. What was going on in your life when you started this uh, search, this self-help
0: Fix as you call it. Well, um, yes. Yeah, so thanks, thank you for the kind words, first of all, on the book. Um, yes. So it's interesting timing as we're kind of in the middle, or this not the middle. We're at the very start of what's going to be a big, deep recession. So it was around the time of the recession, two thousand and eight. I got laid off in television, and, and it was really um, a shocker for me because I'd always had a job, and I'd always, you know, loved my job. I worked at CNBC for ten years, and the, and. Um, then I was producing this show at Business Week and everything was going fine. And then the bottom fell out and I found myself scrambling. You know, I really work hard, like 31 job interviews in a very short period of time. But every time I would interview with someone, they would lose their job. You know, it was a really tough time. And I did end up getting um, some work initially, like a nine-month freelance contract. And then I got a full-time Job that wasn't as interesting or exciting as what I had been doing, but it was a nice project in news, in digital news, not television. And simultaneously, I had um, written one book, ghost written one book as a collaborator for a dietitian in New York. And that had sort of just been coming out around the same time. And the agent I worked with said, Hey, can you do another book with this other person? And so I was sort of. Right around, you know, a year or two into out of the layoff, I had a job that paid an okay amount of money, and I had also had a book going. And I thought I could see the writing on the wall. It just the it it was just not fun. Um, People were still getting laid off, and I had this opportunity. And maybe you know, in moment of insanity, and I left. I just quit the job and just started writing, working for myself full time. And just because I had started with the nutrition book, it's sort of a lot of the books ended up in that sort of self-help nutrition wellness space. And I found myself doing a lot of research for those books. And then I got a little obsessed with reading those books. And so suddenly I was um, a big consumer, a heavy consumer of all of those um, books and gurus and, you know, anybody offering anything. I sort of became consumed with it. And I think If I were to identify why it kind of um, attracted me or drew me in or lured me in, it was probably a little mix of um, lack of confidence from having lost my footing in my career, which I loved. A little bit of that um, anxiety of, you know, you got to really hustle for your money, there's no more paid. So it's an ongoing kind of strange level of anxiety. And just um, feeling a little bit kind of lost. You know, I was um, single and homeowner and trying to start a new career and trying to lose a few pounds a lifelong effort. And so that kind of, I kind of got sucked into it all. I think so many of us land there. And
1: by so many of us, I mean me, exactly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, I think... uh, As you mentioned in the book, and I agree, with life takes a little work, and sometimes the hits that are coming our way, or even the adventures, the explorations, are taking a lot of energy, and it's easy to feel fatigued. You write in the book that you uh, wanted to relinquish your decision-making to people and practices that were smarter than I, and I have so felt like that. Like, come on, can you come, come in here tell me what to do? And I'm just going to do it. I'm a good rule follower. I will do the secret. I will do the Reiki. I will do it. And yet at some point, you know, you, you also write that we got to come back and go within and trust ourselves. So I want to, before we get into that, I want to talk about what are some of the things you, you saged, right? What is saging?
0: saging so i didn't know what saging was so i was in i was one of the benefits of working for myself is i would go and spend like a few months in la because i could you know i suddenly had this freedom and of course la is like ground zero for all Mm -hmm. of that kind of wacky stuff so there was all i wrote about all that different like sound bath meditation and you know all the rainbow healers all this awesome It was fun and expensive, but um, the sage is funny because I didn't know, I I thought they were going to like put the hot embers of this thing on my head. And the first time I (laughs) I walked into this event in West Hollywood, and I thought she said I was going to be saved. And I had gone to high school with this girl who told me I'd never be saved because I'd never been baptized. So I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be saved. (laughs) And then I realized she had said sage. So it was just taking this bunch (laughs) of dried sage and like, I don't even know what happened. See, and that's the best part. I still don't know what exactly saging clears out stuff somehow. And now I sage my house all the time. Even though yeah, I, I mean, I don't you, even like, you actually
1: light the herb, right? And carry it around.
0: I mean, it's here. I keep it. I brought it back from, you know, LA. And every time I kind of have been away or whatever, I sage my house to clear it out because why not? Like, why risk not doing it? That's where I'm at too. Why not?
1: Reiki. Now that's one of the things you said stuck with you that was uh, obviously the saging did too, but what is, how, how did Reiki work for you and and what is that?
0: So Reiki, I guess, is the movement of energy, you know, in the same and opens up passages um, inside. And so I did a lot of different kind of Reiki. I didn't know there's different kinds, but the first person didn't call it Reiki. They called it something else. And that sort of ran its course. But I ended up meeting this woman named Erin, and she's a Reiki master. And um, but she wasn't nearby, and so I called it in my book remote Reiki. And what I just found is she would perform Reiki from a distance, and I would sleep that night. And I mean, it's I don't know how to explain it except magic because I truly was a non-believer, and I don't get it. But Reiki seems to work, and the more people I talk to, whatever's you know they're trying to deal with it works but when I get Reiki I sleep period end of story and so interestingly in this weird time where we can't leave our houses and there's no acupuncture no massage no nothing I am still receiving she calls it distance Reiki and oh my god it works it's just I don't Mm. know I don't know why or how but I think that's a new interesting model for, especially for her. I mean, if you can get that one thing right now, it's the distance Reiki. And for some reason it just clears out the gunk and I'm just a bad sleeper. And when I have Reiki, I sleep.
1: Well, we know that we're, everything is energy. We know that. But I do think personally when I've had acupuncture and other things that when I can move my energy around, um, it changes everything. And so I'm very, I I think all that is interesting. What did you try that maybe didn't work for you or that you personally think is hogwash and, and was just one of the explorations you took during those, those years?
0: Well, I think a little less on the new agey kind of side of things. were um just basically a lifelong professional trying to lose fifteen pounds, mm-hmm. person. And so, there's I, what I think the the takeaway from that and all of it. I've tried every diet, but one thing that was super interesting in a uh, hilarious way was that I did a dating coach, which was helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, that, separate. So the diets, I would say. So the diets, I would say, are not one size fits all. And when I finally realized it was better to chase strong, not skinny, then everything changed. And and so I think you have to take all this stuff with a grain of salt and every single diet is not for every single person. But then on the dating front, what what, what was the worst of all pieces of advice um, was this, um, I did the dating coach and that was interesting for sure. I learned a lot of lessons as a, you know, super aggressive A type journalist type uh, that don't work when you're trying to date. But I went to a seminar with a friend and the, they said, this is, you know, why you're single, how to snag a man, ridiculous New York stuff. And she said, if your hair is long and shiny, it suggests that you're fertile and therefore someone will want to marry you. Wow. Okay. (laughs) So we left, we were like, "Yes, this is not (laughs) for us because my hair is long and shiny. (laughs) (laughs) you know I'm a big
1: fan of self-help as I mentioned I write it I study it I practice it but um in years ago I was on a tour with my first book Imperfect Spirituality and I met a woman at one of the appearances she came up afterwards and gave me a big hug and you know people say nice things some not so nice things too but she said you know the book has changed my life and which I'm glad she found value in the book but the books are just the words on a page. You know, she was the one that took the actions that helped her find her greatness or feel great in her life, in the life that she was leading. And that, that's up to her. And you come to a point in the book where where you basically, you know, said that, that you found things that work for you and, and you just said it with a diet and it's not one size fits all. At some point, you remind people to avoid losing their own ability to check in with their gut and make their own decisions, right? Because it's easy to get caught up in the stuff and say, oh, right, we're right. If I just have long and shiny hair, then I'm, I'm good to go. And, right. and all along this process, you had moments where you're like, huh, that seems a little wonky or that doesn't fit me or maybe I don't have to go all in on this and other things that you really embraced, like the Reiki, whether it makes sense to you or not, it didn't matter. You were feeling benefit. How important is it that we pause and and take in the stuff we're we're putting in our minds and our souls before we act on them?
0: Yeah, well, I think a couple of things there. I think, you know, we get caught up in this idea that 100,000 people on Instagram are into this, so it must work and they must be smart me. And if it's not working for me, there must be something wrong with me. And I think that's an important check-in to realize all of it, no matter what it is, not just the diets, if it's not, it's not for everybody. And so don't always feel like, well, they wrote a book, so they must know everything because it's just not the case. And it's not necessarily for you, but it's easy that way, because then you don't have to blame yourself for a shortcoming. You can blame this person. And it's right. so it's a little messy thing that happens. But I think one thing to remember that I found and Marie Kondo is a good example. Um I, you know, like you said to rule follower, I am good at a project. I love rules. Tell me what to do and I will do it mm. exactly as I said. So I tore the whole house apart, piled all the clothes, did it in the order she said, wasted two weeks of my life getting it organized. Not that I don't love the way it's organized, even my freezer is Marie Kondo, which I it's the <laughs> thing. Is, Stack your, I'm kind of jealous that, of that, actually. That, yeah, that is good. But it's hard to maintain, and then you get all obsessive about it. But here's the thing that I think can be broadly applied to any of it. What what Marie Kondo's sort of premise was, if it doesn't spark joy, get rid of it, and then you open up all this opportunity in your life for great things to happen. So we'll never know if great things happen or not, because there's no way to ever measure, nor should we. But I started thinking about that concept of what what brings me joy, Did that crappy chocolate bar bring me joy? No, but did a single square of dark chocolate bring me joy? Yes. So start making decisions that bring you joy. And was I suddenly able to say no to things, social things, or like doing favor for someone that didn't bring me joy or just were too much to ask or whatever? Yes, it gave me this ability to say no. It gave me a voice. So was that Marie Kondo's intention? Absolutely not. But I did get some little nugget or thread from Marie Kondo that. Only because I just started thinking about that notion of joy, not how my t-shirts are folded and not how my socks are rolled and not thanking my handbags for service, just thinking about life in general. And, huh, life's short. You really should only do the things that bring you joy. Right. And so you get this thread. And I think with anything, if you take some book that's super radical, doesn't make any sense. And the person who wrote it is not living up to the promise that they offered you. However, you start to journal and you enjoy that then Great. You've taken that tiny thread, single practice that works for you. And that to me is the key. Like you can't hand over the keys to the castle to any one person and say, I'm going to do exactly what you say, you know, to do and then listen to all the people who said that you've got to try this. You've got to drink celery every single morning. (laughs) It is literally the only way. Well, it's not the only way. And you have to remember that. But maybe if you drink it once in a while because you feel good or you like it, then that's good enough to me. That's my thought. Yeah, I
1: and I, I absolutely agree. And I think it's not about projecting out 10 years. It's about what's going to work for me right now today? And what's working for me today may be slightly different than what works for me tomorrow or the next day. We all are these dynamic creatures and and things are coming in and out. And, you know, it took a pandemic for me to recognize that it's okay for me to be an introverted and say no to social obligations. I don't have to it's it's okay if people are disappointed that's not my business and and reading your book I mean you went through you know where you uh no is an answer to I think your friend Sherry. incidentally my friend is Sherry also oh yes right, she yeah. says all that kind of crap as well which totally is real for me <laughs> so, yeah it's true <laughs> but it, it is true no is an answer too, and it doesn't mean I'm wrong because I want to say no. If it brings you joy today, I love that version of Mary condoing because, really, life is short. Figure it out in this moment, and if you want to do something different tomorrow, do it.
0: You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you get weighed down by obligation, and then you do things. All the things become out of obligation, and then none of the things are really for you or for the right reason. Or you get mixed up on your priorities when everything's out of obligation and it's just not the way to go i think you got to stop pause think about it and you know there are certain things we've got to do that we maybe don't love but i think in general you can start you say in
1: the book this is a quote i became so consumed with finding the broken parts that i never really accepted the good part and I think that's true for all of us. We go on this thing, Why well, I, I want to learn this, or I need to fix this, or I need to lose the weight, or I need um, to exercise more, or whatever it is. Those things can be okay. I think growth for the sake of growth is a really valuable part of my life. I like to learn new things. I like to improve myself. And it's got to start from within us. I, I don't want improvement because somebody outside of me thinks I need to lose the weight, or some boss thinks I need to behave a different that, that needs to be my choice. We, need, we, we can come back and, and choose the things we want into our life. And then I think we attract those kind of people toward us, too, because they're drawn
0: by that. Sure. And I think, you know, um, with the, seeing the shortcomings, you know, I talk about the vision board being the gateway drug. And I'm, yeah. I'm all for the vision board, you know, it's fun, <laughs> whatever. But I think that's sort of that first thing that draws you in. But as you start to put pictures of only the things you want to bring into your life, what about the things that are already in your life? Right sort of lose sight of that and forget what you should be grateful for, which is probably a very long list of people, a lot, sorry, a long list of things for most people. And so I think that's something to consider. And with the weight loss on that note, you know, everybody screams thin, 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 thin. And it wasn't until um, I had actually written a book, collaborated on a book for some people who were big advocates of strength training. And so like every book, I would dive in to sort of see what are you talking about? So I can understand it from the inside out. And I realized how great you feel when you strength train and it doesn't make you thin necessarily, but being strong is so much better than being thin. And that was, that's one of these great examples of, you know, one size fits all, no, wrong, you know, don't buy the five pack for whatever someone's trying to sell you about losing the weight or whatever, but just slowly lift weights. And it seemed to be a good recipe for me. I started to feel so fantastic and so strong and so much spring to my step. And then all of a sudden you realize I don't have to starve or stop eating things. Um, But strength is really the goal for me now. And so that's a whole different look at it. And I love that. That brings us to the
1: Simply Start segment of the program where I offer up one practical way where people can get started thinking like this today. And, And so I want you to take a breath and take inventory of what's good today. What is working for you? And then make some choices about that. Do you, can you choose, you know, to go strong, not thin? Can you choose to be satisfied with these 10 minutes of your life? Can you choose to know that a bad day can also be a good day? And some of these things are coming from Stephanie's anti-self-help doctrine at, at the end of her book. Can you choose not to compare yourself to anyone else, to anyone else's experience? Can you choose to get over yourself, right? Can you choose to volunteer or give your time to something or someone that's important to you? There are lots of ways you can choose you. Start today. Simply start by looking at what's working in your life and sitting with that. What's good today? And then make a choice about something you want to add in uh, to help build your strength or to be more calm in your experience and just do that today this is simple stuff but it's about being aware uh, of where we are and who we are and knowing that that's good enough you know these choices are about how you want to show up in the world and it's okay to experiment and explore and and try things like Stephanie did and drop things and keep things and but customize your life for you not based on what the external sources are telling you Stephanie, each week, we also have a Simply Nifty segment, which is where I share one of my favorite things. And sometimes they're... Goofy like my my Angelo hand puppet, but it makes me happy. And today, the Simply Nifty segment is Zen Bender, a decade long enthusiastic quest to fix everything that was never broken by Stephanie Krikorian. Stephanie is the one we're talking to today about her experience, her ten year experience really on her self help fix and what she learned about herself and the different experiences out there that might be interesting to try. It's a thoughtful read. It's a funny read. It's really accessible and. I thought, really relatable and wise, which is a hard thing to do, Stephanie. I mean, it's hard to write like that. So I I loved it. I I appreciate the work. And and, uh, how are things for you now? Are you more settled after the smoke is cleared after your odyssey and all these things? Are the things you're still practicing
0: and interested in? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We're in interesting times. So this is sort of the time where you either start grasping at everything that you don't need or you really dive in. And I think it's going to be interesting on the other side of this uh, pandemic to see, do we have another surge? You know, self-help books would really emerged after 2008, <laughs> I think. But I think for me, it ha- it's it been interesting because so recession number one, 2008, I dove in frantically trying to scramble to get everything lined up and thinking the whole ship's going to go down and I don't know what I'm going to do. And it's going to be a total disaster. And it really shook me up. And it's interesting this time, which we're in probably a worse situation. And um, I I leaned out and I Mm. thought, you know what I'm not going to do? I am not going to dive into this fray right now. And try to land um, one article and spend you know five weeks trying and then getting upset because you know how it is as a freelance mm-hmm. writer rejection is uh, frequent and I thought you know I'm going to take a pause right now and just do some things as best I can and try to um, know that it's always going to be okay. It may look different. You may have to give up some things, but in the end, it's always going to be okay and you know, understanding, take chronic illness and illness and, you know, all kinds of horrible things that people experience out of it. I'm saying just for me generally as a very fortunate person, um, it's going to be okay. And so this time around, I, I just hit a little bit of a pause. Like I'm slower. I still do the distance Reiki, but, um, you know, I'm just trying to take it, take it slowly. I do find, and this is probably not the prevailing uh, wisdom or the popular one, Zoom yoga does not replace yoga. Mm -hmm. And I'm just not interested. Zoom cocktail hour is so not interesting to me Mm -hmm. and it doesn't replace the real thing. And so I'm not diving into all that stuff either. I've tried, I do some Zoom yoga, um, but I'm just trying to walk more because walking is really a thing that helps me and you know, I forgot how important that was to me mm-hmm. in 2008, and started scrambling to do everything else. So now I'm remembering walk more, and slow down, and look. We're going to take some lumps here, and take them, and and just do your best to get through every single day, which is what I try to do. And you know, don't get me wrong; it's not always easy. And I think that's the one thing to remember too: there is no fix with a finish line. You don't cross the finish line and be like, "Yay, I'm so fixed!" You know, I staged my house; everything's great. It's never going to be like that. Life is hard. Hard being relative, harder for many, and I understand that. And so, everybody's got challenges, even if they're smaller than other people's. Absolutely. That, and um, I think we just have to. You just, I just try to inch along and have some frantic moments, and then just try to keep going and stay calm and know that, hey, I, I can, I can get through it. I did it before, and all will be okay. You know,
1: I think times like this can be, in times like this, it it doesn't have to be a pandemic. It can be a job loss. It can be a divorce. It can be the death of a loved one. It can be a change in routine. But those moments of huge transition can be very clarifying. If if we can do what you're suggesting, sit in there, take a pause. And I also think this is what faith is. I, I don't have a religious faith, but I have a faith that it might be difficult, it might be uncomfortable, but absolutely we can be in this moment and be okay with whatever it is the conditions will change but guess what humans are incredible incredibly adaptive and creative and resilient so we'll change with those moments and i think for me that's uh taking that pause and remembering okay this might not be what i chose but this is what i can do we can all do that and and that's helpful to remember stephanie find stephanie check out this book i'm not kidding it'll It'll perk you up and also remind you what's important during this time. Zenbender, a decade-long enthusiastic quest to fix everything that was never broken. You can find more about Stephanie and her work at stephaniecricorian.com And that's Krikorian, K-R-I-K-O-R-I-A-N. And you can check her out on Instagram and Twitter at Steffi, S-T-E-P-H-I-E, crick K-R-I-K, Steffi Krik. Stephie Krik. Stephanie, thanks for being here. Thank you so much. That was fun. It was fun. Thanks to all of you for listening. You can tweet me at Polly Campbell on Twitter at PL Campbell, actually. And find me on Facebook at Polly Campbell Author. And remember, there is nothing you need to fix. You are not broken, except the parts you appreciate about yourself and your life, the good stuff. And then we can choose to learn and explore other approaches and ideas that we might find interesting and helpful. Not because we're broken, but because we're open, right? When we do that, I think we will all live well, do good, and be happy. And today, be well.